Here we go. All right, Romans chapter 8. Why did it do that? Oh, okay, I see. All right, Romans chapter 8. We're going to back up just a little bit, only for context, mostly. I'm going to comment a couple of things, but it's more for leading into what I'm going to say than correct or anything. I don't don't really need to correct anything. Um, so we're going to start with verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints of For the saints, I was going to say of God, according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely, also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sakes we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. All right. What a wonderful passage. I love, you know, that's why we're still here, because it's so good. Um, And as we think of these things and um, wanted to remind us, because we're going to look at something that would remind us again anyway, how much the Spirit works on our behalf. The Spirit prays for us because we don't know how to pray very good. And uh, the Spirit prays for us according to the will of God. And then we have this this verse that I don't know if I can, if I've gone a whole week, maybe I've gone a whole week, never a whole month, without somebody kind of pulling it out of context because it it fits so nicely, I guess, sometimes. It's sort of like that verse this is the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. You know, people, it's a beautiful day outside. This is the day that the Lord has, and it kind of fits, and he did, and all those things, but it's really talking about the crucifixion and, and Jesus coming and dying on the cross that day that the Lord made. And uh, anyway, <clears throat> so here we have all things work together for good, and some people stop there. Um, so that makes it not true exactly if, it doesn't always work for good for everybody, you know. 
Um, but all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And um, we looked last week at who he foreknew. He also predestined and he called them and he justified them and he glorified them. And uh, as we look at those things, it's interesting to me um, how much... And it doesn't. I think. I think that Tracy or Casey and I, Tracy. I don't know where that came from, except that I was adjusting. Um, we get along really good, even though we don't agree on some of those things. And we've had a great talk. I, at least I really enjoyed it when we talked about it afterwards. And he said this interesting thing that I said, "Hmm, that might be more true than I want to admit." But he said, "You know, from what he's looked, people who were raised Calvinist tend to be Calvinists, and they, you know, they can defend it better. And those who weren't." aren't and they don't see anyway and i really appreciated that because it's like you know he's probably and i think you're really right like i have a because everybody i grew up with every teaching i heard was how bad that you know not bad shouldn't say it that way because i'm more accepting of it than but and i wasn't taught to be condemning of it but anyway but uh the predestined and all those things and quite frankly i don't have a whole lot of problem with it and I'm not a good arguer, so I'm not going to stand up here and go over that again, telling you why I think I'm right and he's wrong. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. That's my th- I'm going to wait and see who's right <laughs> or, or where we're both wrong or whatever it might be. But as we look at this passage, you know, one of the things that I mentioned to him and I still think is, is more true. The big problem, the big problem we have with that whole thing is the foreknowledge thing. Whom he foreknew. And we don't understand foreknow or foreknowing or whatever we want to call that. We don't understand that. Uh, yeah, foreknowledge, but anyway, we don't understand that that way, you know. Um, what God knows, like, it would scare us, I think, sometimes to know he knows every. He's known it from the beginning. And one of, I was trying to, I should have jotted it down or got back and, and found it and copied it down. <clears throat> but one of the things I was listening to, uh, I, well, I think I was listening to or I read it in a commentary, one of the two, but they talked about <clears throat> how God, his existence is different than us because he's not in time. He's eternal and he's always was and he always will and he knows things that way. You know, we're, we look at stuff and it's old and things that haven't happened yet. And, and even we see here in this passage with God, it's, it's what's happened or what ha- what's happening. Maybe we, that would be um, a better thing. And so whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Um, in First, First John 3, 3, it's a similar thing. Um, we're going to, we're predestined then. He called us. He also justified us. He also glorified us. And uh, one of the things that I appreciated um, was one of the commentators, I was, he says, it's like looking at a, a stained glass window, a little bit, or a mosaic. You can look at all the pieces. You can appreciate each piece for what it is and everything, but it, when you put them all together, it's, it's another picture, you know? All those things fit together and have a place in it. And, um, and, and we see that here. I think, you know, all of these things have happened to us. We've been 
predestined, we've been called, we've been justified, we've been glorified, and we don't, haven't, or are still, or whatever, experiencing those things. Um, But it says, Bill's been glorified. He's been glorified. You know, does he look glorified? I mean, I'm not sure what glorified looks like. You know what I mean? Um, But he's been glorified. He's been justified. And and all those things, you know, they've happened all together. And you can't, you can appreciate each thing separately. But I think we get into trouble if we try to separate them like they shouldn't be separated. They're all together. And, and I'm not even sure this is the order, but we're going to go with this order because that's the one they're in. But And so that a little bit sounds backwards to me, like I'd switch called and predestined um, or something, you know. I think that could have been finer tuned, but Paul, through the Holy Spirit, put him in this order, and I'm stuck with it, you know. But that's okay, because it's an all altogether thing. It's it's not like well, there's some people who I foreknew and I predestined, but I didn't call them. You know, we we can't do those things. I mean, called's an interesting one, and that's maybe why I did it that way. I don't know. Some things you just do without thinking. You know, but um, called when I always think of the parable of the um, wedding feast. You know, he called all those people. Well, he called them. Some just refused to come. You know, some refused to come. Some came. They they, they were afterthoughts almost, as we look at the parable. But he he they called. They come, and there's one guy who comes, but he doesn't come the way he's supposed to come. You know, he responds to the call, but not the way he's supposed to, and so he gets tossed back out. But you know, we, we see those things. and But it doesn't say that. He, he did all these things for those people. And they're, they're here at the end. They're justified and glorified. And I don't want to spend a whole lot more time on it. It's interesting. Um, and it also we're going to finish up with, with the thought, though, that it's justified and glorified. They're both past tense. He's justified. We spent a lot of time in Romans learning how we're justified by faith. We're justified by faith. We're glorified by God. You know, we see these things. And so we come then into verse 31. What shall we say to these things? We just looked at this passage here, and and it's why we read it again. Sorry, my nose is not liking where my cannula is. um, But... The Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that can't be uttered. We looked at a lot of things here in 8, and we get to this part, and Paul says, What shall we say to these things? If God's for us, then who could possibly be against us, right? Because God's the one who justifies. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And uh, partly because I studied there and... Uh, for a while, and partly because it just makes me think of that, I think of Second Peter 1, 3, and 4. And we could look at that real quick, but I think I shared from there. I'll read it to you. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these ye may be may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
So he's given us everything we need. You know, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And, and some of those all things we looked at before too, we're adopted now as sons. You know, we're part of the family of God. We have all the, we have an inheritance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ephesians talks about that a lot. We have an inheritance reserved in heaven for us. It's there. It's, you know, it's already got my name on it. You know, it's there waiting for me to, to come and claim it. And um, we see those things. How, how could he possibly not? His son died for us. And I, and I was <clears throat> just, you know, let that sink in for a minute. You know, he who didn't spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Everything we need for life and godliness, he's giving to us. Because we're his family now. You know, it's not, it's that way. So then, those things all being true, and we can't be condemned. Why can't we be condemned? Because his son died for our sins. He's taking care of it. He's right there saying, Maybe this isn't the way I should say it, but that's the way it's going to come out anyway now at this point. But Dad, I died for him. Like, we can't condemn him. I've, I've died for him. His sin's paid for, you know? And there's nobody greater than God that can condemn us. If he says we're justified, we're justified. There's, no, there's nothing there to condemn us. Now, sometimes our, what do we call that thing? Conscience. There we go. <laughs> Our conscience condemns us. You know, I can still remember th- bad things I did as a kid in, in Technicolor. I'll say Technicolor because that was the big thing when I was a kid was Technicolor. They're way past Technicolor, whatever that was now. But I can still remember them in Technicolor. You, know, you know, things that God's forgiven me for, I know he has. But every once in a while they pop back up like, how could you be, you know, like, I, how could you have done, like, you know, those kind of things. And so we wrestle with those things. But then we can come back to this passage here in 8 and say, who can condemn us? Who can bring a charge against us? Well, I can bring a charge against me, but it doesn't stand up in court. You know, it's, it's just that my memory isn't as good as God's. I, I marvel at the idea that God can forgive sin and forget sin. You know, he can look at you and me, whatever, and doesn't see sin. Like, wow, wouldn't it be great to be able to do that? To, somebody's really wronged you or whatever, and you, you know, try as you might. Even one on your best day, I think, there's that little thing in back that says, oh, but I want to get, you know, I want to know or I want to whatever. I want to get even, I want to know, I want to whatever it might be related to that. Because we can't forget it. You know? And, and some things bother me a lot less, but I can still remember them. Like, it's not fair. And I want to say that to God a little bit. And I do say that to God. You know, that's not fair that I can still, like, how come I can't forget it and just move on? You know, why does it still bother me? <clears throat> okay, so no one can charge us. Who can condemn us? It's God who justified me. Nobody can condemn me except God, and he's already justified me. He's justified me. Christ isn't going to condemn me because he died, and he's risen. 
And he's even at the right hand of God making intercession for me, like we read, read there with the Spirit. The Spirit makes intercession for us. He and, he and Christ are they're doing everything on my behalf. Like, why would they condemn me? He might say once in a while, you're being silly or you're being whatever and correct me, but he's not condemning me, you know? He's not condemning me. Who's going to separate us? I remember. Who's going to separate us from the love of God? I remember I was a counselor at Camp Lilo Lai. Um, <clears throat> gee, I'm trying to remember. It was a long time ago. Because I was a young man. I could run at that point still. And... Uh, I had cabin 23, my favorite cabin to do. It was right across from the craft cabin. You went down the path across the creek, up the little bit of a hill to cabin 23. I was right there. And uh, I was at the craft cabin, one of my favorite places to be at Camp Lai. And I was there. And one of my campers came running. And he said, Mark, Mark. He said, I can't remember their names. Well, the one, uh, Joey, it was the one kid. And I can't remember if the other one was Bobby or what. But they were fighting. And we'll say Bobby was his name. He's hitting Joey with the broomstick. So, you know, Superman that I am, I flew down a path and across the creek and up, and I just grabbed, well, it ended up being Bobby, and took him out of the cabin. Well, Bobby ended up at that point when I grabbed him. He was, he's upside down now, which was good for me because... That disorienting enough that he just dropped the broomstick. I wasn't having, didn't have to worry about that. And plus, I was taller than he was because he wasn't touching the ground at either end now. And uh, <clears throat> I remember that. And Uncle Dave Stifler came up behind me, and I didn't have to worry about anything else the whole rest of the time because Uncle Dave just said the thing, whatever it was, I can't remember. But <clears throat> Bobby was instantly sorry he'd done anything, you know, because Uncle Dave, in all his wisdom, said whatever it was. <clears throat> but I think of that when I think of who shall separate us. You know, <clears throat> I'm, in, I'm involved in whatever. Who's going to separate us? Who's big enough to pick me up upside down and take me away and completely separate me? Because it's going to take more than another person, you know? <clears throat> I don't know how you think about it. What's your favorite verse or what do you think of when you think about being separated from God? <clears throat> Okay, you had time. My mind, I always think of John 10. You know, you're in, I'm, we're in his hand. Nothing can get you out of my hand, he says. But if that's not enough for you, my hand's in the Father's hands. And nobody, nothing, no how, whatever, can get you out of the Father's hand. And it's like, whoa. I mean, when I think big things, I still think that God is humongous. God's so huge. He's bigger than Mike, you know? There's another guy that we knew from, some of you might, Jens Brayton. Uh, he's, we know him from camp, but he's, he does a lot of stonemason stuff. And um, I think he's a little bigger than Mike. He's also, at this point, he's in way better shape. He's strong. And he was at <coughs> Montrose Bible Conference working on some stone stuff for them. And I went up and seen him, and he came around his big sweaty like he's as tall, at least as tall as Mike, but pretty much that tall. But he's, 
I tried to give him a hug. I think I got to the back side of the outside of his shoulders, I think. I can't remember because he was so wet. But, but he's huge, and he gives me this hug back, and, like, I can't get any closer, so stop squeezing, you know? <laughs> but I think of those things, and that's what I think of when, who's going to separate me? It's going to have to be somebody big and powerful. And who do you know that's bigger and powerfuller than God? Like, nobody, he, I'm in his hand. Like, he's not going to let go. You know, he's got me. Uh, an interesting one that they were talking about, <clears throat> one of the things I was listening to, it wasn't even related to, to Romans or anything, but it was uh, related to eternal security. <laughs> and the speaker was saying, he had a guy come up to him, after one of his messages, and he says, I just have to disagree with you on your stands on eternal security. He says, I, this is how I see it. He says, I've got a hold of God's hand. And every once in a while, I slip and fall, you know, and I'm, I'm lost or whatever. I, I don't know if you were, used the word lost, but he um, says, you know, and I have to get it back together, and I have to get back and get a hold of God's hand. And the speaker said, well, that's the problem. He says, I don't see it that way at all. Oh, he was, and they were talking about, you know, as a parent, you know, as a parent, you know. And he says, well, as a parent, so I, didn't, I don't have kids at this point when he was doing it. He says, I do now. But, but at that point, he says, but as a parent, I wouldn't have them hold my hand. Like, if they let go, they, you know, as a parent, I'm going to hold their hand. And I've seen that more than, you know, that's one of my favorite examples. But, you know, he's got our hand. He's holding on to us, not we're holding on to him. That's a good thing, you know. It's a good thing. But, but that's the way. He's holding us. We're in, and he's not just holding us as I see it. We're in his hand. Like, I got you, you know. I've got you and I'm not going to let go. And how many times, you think of the times if you have kids, when they were whatever, and you would put something on their, in your hand and they would try to get it out. You remember those funny days where they, they finally somehow, if you let them kind of, they can get underneath your thumb and then, so they start bending that up and they, they really feel like they're making progress, you know? And so you straighten up your thumb. Well, then they get your fingers. But if you really want, because your fingers are so, unless your kids are really enormously strong somehow. Now, my kids now could open my hand with no problem, you know, but when they're little, they are not getting whatever is in your hand unless you let them, you know, and I, and I see that with God. We're in his hand. He, nothing is going to get us out unless he lets them, and he's already said, nothing can get them out of my hand. Nothing. Nothing can get them out of my hand. <clears throat> so who's going to separate us? And let's go, let's get outside the box a little bit. So shall tribulation, you know, shall problems in our lives and things coming up and tests and trials and, and, and all those things, um, will that do it? Will distress? And I, and I think with distress, when I think of distress now, <clears throat> my, my views have changed a little bit, but I think of things that cause anxiety, you know? They're, they're lasting things. They're things that eat away with, at you that you can't seem to get away can that separate me from the love of God? I can make myself feel like maybe it's separating me. Like, 
God must not care because he's got to know how bad, you know, that kind of thing. We get the weepy, witty, pity party thing. Like he can't understand. And and because our eyes are full of tears and they're shut and we can't see the fingers still wrapped around us. And, and he's, you know, I don't know. But will persecutions separate us? Persecutions might kill us physically, but they won't separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's at God's right hand making intercession for us. He's not, he's not left us out in the cold. He's well aware of what's going on. He's praying for us. He's acting on our behalf. Nakedness, famine. Some of these things seem so far-fetched sometimes when you read about them, right? But now in our world today, how far away from we are we from famine and nakedness and peril and sword? How far, you know, those things have gotten closer to us in America now, I think. I feel like, anyway. They're much closer than they used to be. Look how hard it is for us to get batteries. Who would have thought it would ever be hard to get a battery? You know, I've been waiting for months to get batteries. Now, they're not C-size and D-size and double A's, but batteries. Like, really? Can't get a battery? I can't get a machine to clean a floor? You know? I can't get, there's all kinds of, how about eggs? And how about chicken and turkeys and, and all those things that so often, you know, it's convenient when they come up hard to get. But, but besides that, it's, you know, it's hard to get those things. Much harder than, I don't remember. Well, there's a lot of things I don't remember. My dad used to buy beef by the half and we had a big freezer and we always had food. Because my, my mom grew up on a farm. And, anyway, but all those kind of things. You know? Will that separate us from the love of God? Nah. He still loves us. He still provides. We're still in his hand. You know? And, I, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. I, you know, it says here, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. And I'm, somebody come up to me afterwards and explain why is that there? I mean, I kind of got it a little bit, but I don't know. In my mind, it's not quite connected fully. So if you could help me out, I'd appreciate it. I don't know, you know. But then the exciting part comes. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Who loves us? Who loved us? Guess it is, yeah, past tense there. This is a really cool thing, I think. The more than conquerors is a one word. This is the only time, at least that I could find that it's used. It might be more than that, but this is the only time that I found it used. So in all these things, we are this word, more than conquerors. And you can look it up. It's, it's more than just a victor. It's won the battle, won the war, won the everything connected with it. We've won it all. There's no more fighting, no more battle, no more anything to go through. You, we are more than just conquerors. Maybe that would be the better way to put it in our English. We are more than just conquerors. <clears throat> and I was thinking with that that <clears throat> um, makes a little more, the, those things in Re- Revelation there that we did not real long ago, 
and some of it still is in my head. Um, when we look at the letters, and to him that overcomes, I will give a white stone, or I will give this, or you know, I'll give him manna, and, and all of those things. And I think of, to him that over, wonder, my mind says, wonder if that overcoming is the same here. Is like we're almost guaranteed it, right? Like, well, we are guaranteed it here. We are more than conquerors. And he didn't use that word there, so maybe he didn't mean the same thing, but I'm, I'm an overcomer. I've overcome it through the help of, of God in Christ. I've overcome it. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Everything is accomplished, you know? Everything's accomplished. For I'm persuaded, I am too, that neither death nor life, okay, so... I can't die and be separated. I can't live and be separated. Angels can't do it. Principalities. What's a principality? I mean, we have principalities here. You, you have principalities in New York too, right? The little governing, they're like, you, know, you must have principalities. That's the name for them. You know, you've got them. But that's not the principalities we're talking here. And, and the best I could find was, <clears throat> it's a step above angels, Okay, so principalities, whatever they are, what, however they work. Um, they're mentioned lots of times in, in the New Testament, principality. There's some in the, old, you know, in the Old Testament, far above all principalities and powers and, and all those things. <clears throat> um, I didn't write that reference down, but I just kind of half quoted it. Okay, they can't separate me either. The principalities, they're more powerful than angels. The spiritual things I can't see. Nor powers. Oh, now I remember where us. So we can go over there. You remember Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, right? Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. See, we don't have, it's not like we don't have any further instructions or anything, but we need to remember that sometimes. I think we'd get a lot less discouraged if we remember that we're fighting things way bigger than we can see or comprehend, you know? And all these things, we're more than conquerors. We beat them because God's on our side. Christ has defeated them. All things are going to go under his feet. They're still making their last gasp. And I don't think it's quite as simple as, you know, if you've ever killed a snake or something, how they, they keep moving for a long time after they're probably dead, you know? Even if you cut the head off, that's always the, the defining thing, right? If you cut the head, like look at chickens. Have you ever cut the head off a chicken and let it go? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's way easier to send them out, have them done. I remember, yeah, I remember doing that back in my younger days when we were raising chickens. And it's amazing how long they can last with no head. Like, they'd run all over the place. I had a, the first deer I ever got, I have to, because it was funny. It made me laugh, sort of. I was also mad, but I'm walking out at the end of the day. It's raining. It's cold. You know, it's right after Thanksgiving, the first Monday after Thanksgiving, and I'm, I'm cold and wet and tired, and I hadn't seen hardly any deer, you know, and the ones I saw were 
too far away to shoot and not standing still or anything. And I'm walking out, heads down, and I looked up, and this deer must have had the same feelings I was because he's walking towards me with his head down, just kind of trodding along. And I like, oh, a deer, oh, and it's a buck. And as I pulled my gun up and shot it, like... I, and I was like, I only need one. Like, I'm sure I got this thing, right? But this thing took off running. And it ran right around me and ran into a tree. Bam! I mean, it, when I say it ran into the tree, it broke the antler off one side. I was so mad. Like my first rack. And you broke it, you stupid deer. You know? <laughs> but that's a little bit how I feel like, and maybe that's how God, I don't know against principalities and powers, like they seem so powerful. God's already defeated them. You know, we're more than conquerors. We beat it. I can tell you, I felt really good. And, but the, uh, the funny thing was, and, and I tell you, I know for sure that it was dead. The deer was dead. Because when I took it in to get it finished, the guy said, um, <clears throat> you vaporized the heart like there is no heart in this deer. And you could see where I hit, like it, the bullet had to have gone right through. So when they finished to make sure that I had, they said it, I, I know I didn't take it out, you know, because it's up. They knew I hadn't taken it out because the lungs were still partially there. And they were, anyway, but it was like, he's dead, man. Like how he ran that far, and it wasn't real long. It was only a few seconds, actually, that he ran around me and into a tree. But, you know, you'd have thought he was still living, right? Anyway, so in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. So principalities and powers, nor things present, nothing that's now, nothing that's to come further down the line. There's nothing that's going to come along. No superhero, no supervillain, no super anything that's going to come along that can do it later, you know. And I say that because, remember back I was saying God is in a different time than us. Like, what he knows, he knew, he knows, both ends of the spectrum, like they've, like they've happened. I don't, we have a hard, I think, this is part of where I say, well, we don't understand foreknowledge at all, especially of God, because he's not, he's not like us. I mean, he's making us like him, but he's not like us. He became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And there's things that you still like. My favorite, some of my favorite things in the gospel are when he knew what was in the heart of man. He already knew what Bill was thinking when he came up to the group of people, you know. And so he responds to what Bill's thinking. Like, that just, <laughs> I want to say that's not fair, you know. <laughs> that's not fair. Like, But that's God. Things present, nor things to come, not height, nor depth. And and I saw another, or read another interesting thing with that, not height nor depth. Um, The Greeks, height and depth to them was more than just height or depth. Um, Height was in the astrological signs. That that was height in their wisdom and things. Height was astrological. Astrological signs, right? That's Jim and I, you know, all those things. And depth was the powers 
of evil and darkness. And, and we sort of do that. We, you know, it, it amazes me how some basic truths are so ingrained to people, you know, like heaven's up, right? Heaven's up. There's bad things up too, but heaven's up. Hell is down. Um, evil is down, you know? People didn't want to go to the center of the earth because they're afraid what they'd find there, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that, that kind of amazes me, but we see that here. So you can't get so high. You can't get so, Yeah, astrological signs aren't going to do anything for you anyway, but they're not going to separate you. You're not, you can't get too high. You can't, so if you get out of the atmosphere and you keep going, even if you're on your way to Jupiter or whatever, I don't know, is that still up, though, once you get out of... Is that, I don't know. You know what I'm saying, though. Is that still up? But, you know, all the way there, if you last that long... Um, you're still not separated from the love of God, you know. If you decide to see what the middle of the earth is really like, because I guess down is the middle of the earth, but then you start going up again when you get past the middle. I don't know. Anyway, but you, you see what I'm saying. But that can't separate you anyway. Even if you can figure it out, it won't separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No, any other... Uh, it's interesting, they all, like, this is the fail say. You've all gotten hired before, right, where you look at the job description and they always have a line in there that says, or anything else you may be asked to do, type thing, you know? Any, that's all in your job, anything else you might be asked to do. Well, this is that, that phrase in God's contract here. Or any other created thing, you know? There isn't anything, any other created thing. I've already taken care of that. If I didn't kind of have it included in that list, if there's anything I left out, no, it can't do it either. It can't separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. So now, kind of, except in your mind, you're going to be thinking about this all week, I think. I think you will. I'm going to be thinking about it all week, you know. Well, maybe I'm not. Just lost wherever I was. <laughs> you know, but all these things were more than conquerors. We're, we're, you know, we're in God's love. Like, we can't get out. You know, how wonderful, how reassuring um, that is. And, and he's always living to make intercession for us. It's not like this stops. Oh, by the, you know, remember how Elijah, when on Mount Carmel, he started ridiculing i don't know the prophets of baal saying well maybe your god's taking a nap or maybe he's in the bathroom or whatever you know like he's too busy right now he can't listen to you you know that that's why he could be so what do you want to you know because our god's not like our god's always there he is always acting on our behalf even when we're sleeping that wonderful nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord nothing nothing at all so let's close in a word of prayer father we thank you for our lord jesus christ we thank you that he ever lives for us he's making intercession for us he's at your right hand that you're holding on to us and not we on to you father that's just so comforting it's so unnerving to know that you know everything. But we pray 
And we thank you for that, that you still love us and nothing can separate us. And that's marvelous. So we, we, Father, pray that you would help us to think on these often, to remember the assurance that's in that. No one can condemn us. No one can separate us. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.